Hey, this is Heath Paget, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 91. RV Entrepreneur is a weekly podcast for nomadic entrepreneurs who run a business while traveling in an RV. Today on the podcast, I'm interviewing Kyle Kesterson, who you guys may remember back from episode 36. Kyle is an app developer, an artist, a photographer, and just overall one of the most creative people I've ever met in my life. A few months back, Kyle and I were approached from some of our friends at Winnebago to help consult with them on the launch of three of their brand new RVs. Traditionally, when launching new products, RV manufacturers like Winnebago kind of just release the product at a dealer show. They kind of just say, hey, we've been working on this. Here's this new RV. Maybe come up with some cool photos and things like that. And here it goes. It's not really a launch. It's more of just, here's a new RV. I hope you guys like it. So our task with this launch was to do something different, to create buzz around a new product, which was the new Winnebago 4x4 and two other RVs that came out, the Intent and the All New Horizon, which is their diesel pusher, create video assets, photo assets, tell the brand story, and actually have a synchronized launch to new customers as well as dealers. So for the past few months, we've jumped on flights, for City, Iowa, Colorado, Indiana, coordinated a virtual launch team, set goals for the launch, and I put in a ton of hours that all accumulated this week on Monday morning and Tuesday morning for what we called Winnebago Launch Week. Monday and Tuesday, we had tens of thousands of eyeballs on the new Winnebago products, featured stories landing in places like Forbes, popular industry magazines, and even a lot of international coverage for the new Revel. We were told after our launch that dealers had already started selling RVs based off of people who had seen some of our launch assets, like the Facebook Live and the YouTube videos and things like that, which is ultimately the highest metric success of any launch, to sell your product. And while Kyle and I were just two pieces of a much bigger team, in today's episode, I want to talk about what goes into creating a successful launch for any product, even if it's not RVs, if it's a book, if it's a course, anything. And because it's impossible for Kyle and I to have a one-track conversation, we cover a lot more in this episode, such as everything that happened leading up to this launch for Winnebago, how we assembled the team, tools we use for remote communication, how to use storytelling to create unique content, creating hype and excitement around your products, and just making sure that when you're launching something, your product does not fall on deaf ears. Before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a moment and thank today's sponsor, Outdoorsy. Outdoorsy is the largest and most trusted RV rental marketplace on the planet. Alyssa and I rented out our Winnebago Brave on Outdoorsy on several occasions like Christmas and spring break while we weren't using it and the entire experience was awesome. At first, the idea of renting our RV seemed a little crazy. What if somebody wrecked my house? But with Outdoorsy's one-click insurance coverage and driver history background checks for renters, it makes the entire process safe, super easy, and fully insured. If you already own an RV, Outdoorsy can be a great way to make extra income by renting out your unit. We know renters who have made over $20,000 in one summer by renting out their RV when they weren't using it. Or if you're looking to test out the RV life for a road trip, I would highly recommend using Outdoorsy's RV rental marketplace where you'll find RVs of all kinds, everything from large class A's to smaller vans and everything in between listed for rent at affordable prices. And bonus, you'll get to rent from dependable owners like us. To learn more and get $25 off your first rental fee, go to outdoorsy.co slash partner slash RVE. All right, I'm here with Kyle Kesterson. We are sitting in a Winnebago Travado. It's not your Travado, though. It's the G. 
It's the G. Is it's that not one... quite home, but it's it's close. Is it the G not as cool? Apparently, there was an argument on Facebook Live earlier about there's like was the G arguments. cooler than the F or is there an F? No, there's a K. Okay, okay, I was close. Um, no, the K is definitely cooler, but uh, no, it's a it's a fifty fifty split actually with the whole three thousand person community in the Travada community. It's it's actually fifty fifty. So just for context, Kyle and I are sitting in the back of a warehouse in Elkhart, Indiana. <laughs> at this dealer show for Winnebago and so it's not even a consumer show it's just like dealers come here and buy RVs and then sell them to people like us and, and we're surrounded by just the full range of products too. exactly it's not just Every, like RVs it's like trailers to vans to buses to dually buses it's nuts yeah it's pretty much everything in between so it's kind of funny uh so I'm recording this on my iPhone. I usually have my nice mic, but the iPhone will do for today. But I just want to talk because we, at a like a really high level, you and I have been working on this project for the past three months with Winnebago, and it just accumulated in this launch today. And it's just been so much work and you know a lot of late nights and all this other stuff that we put into it, high altitude sickness, like a lot of kind of obstacles that went into so it. And I would challenge. say that the metric for the launch and however you'd like to define it, like we reached tens of thousands of people in the past couple of days articles across Forbes and all these other and again we're you know we're small team players in a bigger launch but I think what I want to talk about today is kind of just like talk start at the beginning of three months ago and maybe even if you need context mm. from before that but like starting the beginning of this project a few months ago and kind of just walk let's walk through the process of what does it actually take to launch a product and i mean we did it in a very traditional industry which is the rv space and so there's there's a lot of things that i think we brought to the table that maybe hasn't been done necessarily before in this level in this type of company in this type of setting but nonetheless like everyone's feeling pretty good about how this launch just went. It's all fresh on our minds. And I think there's so many people who want to launch products, whether it's a book or it's a course or it's a, it's a software, it's an app or whatever. And it's like, there's certain little things that you can intertwine from every single launch and apply them to, you know, your own individual situation. So like, let's start at kind of the beginning of this a few months ago. How did this come up for you? Like, how did this kind of transpire for you? I have my own version of the story, but for you, how did that look? First of all, uh, thanks for having me back on the podcast, man. I love the community and the relationships that form, and it seems to happen every time that we sit down in front of these things or hang out together. So uh, thanks to you, I have friends. No. <laughs> First of all, I just really want to take a deep breath. Yeah. Because I don't think it's even fully set in that it's done. Yeah, I agree. I mean, <laughs> you know, like, um, for me, it started a year ago this week. It, it really, my story in this started a year ago this week when I had been looking to get into a van full time. And I kind of entered in the way that most people do, which is like, I'm going to build out my own van. And I went through that whole process and it was so deflating. And eventually I came across the Travato, and before you know it, I'm in the Travato and just living my life, doing my thing. You know, I, you know, I'm loud on social media. I create a lot of content and make it artsy and tell stories and stuff. And just for context, at one point, Kyle, whenever there was a super moon, Kyle drove like <laughs> over a thousand miles or something ridiculous. I love your exaggeration, but yeah, it was pretty extensive. <laughs> uh, maybe it wasn't a thousand miles, but it was an insane amount it was to, like go, 14 to go to all these different total. terrains. And he went to the beach. You went to, there was a one point, there was Durago. a, there was a uh, giant elephant with his trunk up in the air and Kyle made it look like his 
his I have trunk way too was much like, time on my hands. Is basically the trunk had the no. They need the visual. He has the trunk had the moon looks like he's blowing it. a bubble anyway, out of his so, trunk, which is like, this the guy's super moon. So yeah, you create content. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. I really do, and so I think um, the feedback that I get is that it looks like I enjoy it, and I it caught the attention of um, Russ Garfin. So he's the brainchild behind my van. So it was really special when he reached out saying that he's been following. He somehow came across uh, my work. Um, and he's the product manager. He's the for product the, manager for the whole like Class Bs and I think Class Cs. Of Winnebago, which is currently the RV industry leader in America for Class B motorhomes. So he's like the, the guy help, really helping push. Kind of a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was it was it was a, like a Godfather moment, you know, where it's like uh, you get to meet the person who you know makes the thing. I mean, how often do you makes your home that makes your home? You know, yeah. actually, you might actually meet the person who makes your home more so than you meet the person who makes your car. Mm. You know, just because totally. usually there's a whole different manufacturing process involved. And anyway, so you know, he reached out and super friendly and. Um, I was thinking like, wow, maybe there's an opportunity for us to work together. And I'm thinking maybe I can get like sponsored and, you know, cause I have other social media sponsors and I was just thinking, well, I'm creating great Winnebago content. Maybe they can help pay for gas, you know, and that kind of started the conversation, but it really kicked off at your summit last year when you invited me to come speak and they were sponsoring and they came down, they being uh, Russ and Don Cohen, another major player in this whole story. And that was an opportunity to to become human together, to like really meet and start to build a relationship. And we carried that relationship forward, those conversations forward, and really became fans of each other. Mm. And so by the time it was springtime, it was like, hey, we have some stuff that's coming up. And I think with your so skill sets and... Sorry, before, before we get yeah. into that, kind of just zooming out right there, I think that's... It's kind of worth noting because... There's been a lot of times, like, there's one-off relationships, especially if you're developing content, you're building a brand, or even just doing client work. There's, like, these little one-off relationships. And, again, like, I'm no expert in this. I feel like I'm just figuring this stuff out myself. But, you know, you can kind of, like, say, these are my services, these are my rates, and these are the things that I work on. So it's, like, you pick. You you come in and you decide if you want to work with me, here's the things you can do. And I think that that can work for some people in the services space or whatever. Mm -hmm. But it's like instead, like it kind of getting to meet Russ in person and start building that relationship. One, you realize like this is a really cool guy and you also start realizing, oh, maybe there's a longer term relationship here and maybe there might be work projects attached to it. But if not, like there's still a good friendship relationship that's here. And I think that's worth noting because in my experiences, like those have been some of the most beneficial working relationships and again like you could tie dollars to that kind of thing or whatever you want to do but at the end of the day like there can be these they're super fulfilling and so i think there's just something that i kind of noticed within that so keep going no you you touched on the fulfilling part and i think that the most fulfilling projects i've ever gotten involved did not start with a clear intention on how did it serve me it was more of a natural approach of first putting yourself out there especially coming from a place of really enjoying. So from, again, just to kind of recap, for me, I love to create art. I love to tell stories. And so I just do that. That ripples outward. That catches someone's attention. Someone's attention then, you know, creates a conversation. That conversation turns into a relationship. A relationship then turns into maybe we could help each other out. And, you know, for me, I took a step back from my company to actually, so I don't typically take on clients you know, I apply all of the things that I do, all my skill sets and the tools that I use and everything else 
towards my own product. So this was me kind of taking a step back in large part because the more I started to learn about Winnebago and just where their vision was and what these new upcoming products were really aligned to something a little more fundamentally human that I think that a lot of us are looking for, which is, you know, I kind of talked about this during the live event, but it's learning how to define success is huge. That can change how you spend your day, how you prioritize things. And so for me, these vans, like my van has become an enabler to a lifestyle that I feel very alive. I feel very creative. I feel very connected and getting to be a part of a project with a company that is so massive and that has such a legacy behind them well, it felt really special. So that relationship started to materialize into, we're going to launch this thing, want to work together. And when we first started, there wasn't a lot of clarity in that. It was mm. more of just this question. So what, what kind of made it like detract? I, Cause I always struggle with this too. It's like, I want to, I want to build cool shit on my own. That is that, scales up compounds and it's I own it and I can work on it and so there's like a little there's a selfish intent there and you know I've talked a lot about how like client work is never my end all be all it's like I didn't like having a quote unquote job because I didn't like having a job I don't know why I put air quotes around things sometimes I need to stop doing that I didn't like having a job because you know I wanted to own my time and and mm -hmm. I wanted to work on projects that I and that I believe in and to a certain extent like with client work even though you're running your own business there is this element of you're creating many bosses that you're still pushing and supporting so even though you have more ownership in that so kind of what made that what made this something that was enticing to work on it was because I knew that when so okay for example when we were down in Texas you know we we drove that final day to go take that hike this is now you know Don who's working with Winnebago, you know, he's sitting in the front seat of my van, meaning like these worlds are colliding. And so I'm getting to sit and listen to this person who has a deep perspective on Winnebago and the, the excitement coming through his voice, just even getting to be a part of something like the summit with a younger, fresher, like perspective and energy and creativity and to find somebody who gets excited by you being you and wants to enable that, like find those people mm. because yeah, look, no, that's I, was just I, saying, I like, love that. Find yeah. those people because then you're not having to do all of this work to try to prove something. You are just sort of aligned to to what compels you. You know, like we call it passion, but it's like conviction. You know, and that that sense of uh, what do you get up like if you if money wasn't an ob, you know an obstacle if you know if all of your needs were met if you had no friction like what would bring you to life you know what would you want to spend your time doing and you know something that's productive and creative and actually put something into the world not just leisurely you know um, but what is that thing and can you find a way to mesh that so I've spent a lot of time now focusing on how to align my life in a way that it's not just about balance you know, this work is over here and life is over here. And if I do enough of this, eventually I can have some of this, you know, work and life. It's like fundamentally, how can you find a way to mesh the two? And this project felt like that work, meshing. life mesh. Totally. 
passionate. No, I mean, I totally agree. I love RVs, and obviously this is a cool client project, so it definitely did mesh all of those things. But something that you said earlier that I'm kind of jumping around a little bit mm-hmm. was just talking about meeting somebody, and you were talking about, I think, at least the way I took it, it's like you meet people, the best projects that have ever transpired for you, it's like you meet somebody, you like them, and it's kind of like organic. You're not meeting with this ulterior motive of what how what or how can we work together and there's not that those things are bad but you're just kind of meeting and just realizing that this is a cool person and at some point maybe there's a way that we can work together and that just kind of happens like another example from this project is that we were able to bring in a film crew uh, my buddy Wes Wages who runs a company called Armosa Studios and we met Wes over three years ago we met him during our first month on the road we volunteered at a conference. He was leading the video crew there at World Domination Summit. We offered up our services for free. We met Wes. We became fast friends, and we ended up crossing paths with him like four or five times throughout our first year on the road. And long story short, we we become like really really close friends. We saw his new baby be born. He we hired his editor for our documentary, and this was our first project three years later where we were able to actually work on something together, and. And it was awesome because it was one of those things like we're such good friends that now you're able to like do something together. And I feel like on a small level, it's like obviously that doesn't always happen, but that's how really good client relationships can form and really cool projects can come together. And I think that's kind of happened here a little bit. You planted a seed way back when you put yourself out there for free. You weren't trying to, you know, you you had a, a project and you you allowed yourself to do work and to be of service that planted a seed, which started a relationship, which three years later turned into something way bigger. That has been a constant theme in my life. Mm. You know, there's, especially if I'm getting into some area where I might not be as connected yet, or maybe there's, I'm just way out of my league. You know, there's some stuff I know that I need to learn. I'll find ways to just commit myself to, can I get you coffee? (laughs) You know? And I, I first actually started with, who do I want to be around? Hmm. Who do I want to be around that I know that if I could just spend enough time around them, I'm going to better myself. I'm going to grow. You know, I'm going to be challenged. And coming back to this project, I knew that taking on this project was going to be a challenge that put to test all of the things that I had hmm. been learning, building my own companies, working with other projects that I just, I just knew it. I felt it. And it's a, and it's a project that, you know, it's a win-win because you walk away from it and regardless of what happens, the success of it, you still get to win. So I don't know if that's a win-win, but you win no matter what is maybe a better way to say, because you, you go through the, this process and you know that it's going to push you in different ways and you can come out of the other side and you're like, oh my gosh, that was a whirlwind, but I'm better for it because I've learned all these different variables. So even if the actual metrics of the launch, what weren't a success, then I'm grown and I can take that and apply it to the next thing. And the other thing that I noticed is that for you and all these different spaces that you've been able, because you're one of the most connected people I've ever met. You're like all these random things like, oh yeah, you know, I hung out with, you know, like Ludacris or Snoop, it was Snoop Dogg, I think that you talked about. You're like, yeah, you know, we did, we did some FaceTiming at one point. Tony Shays invested in my company and it's like, you're, you're, you're really interesting in that sense. It's like all these really random stories. And after you know you a little, after you talk a little bit, you're like all these random things that you can pull out. But I think that, as that applies in the situation it's like patience i feel like is a big key in that because you have the patience to say like i'm going to start building a relationship in all these different areas and and it's not even coming at it from like a i'm i'm going to wait until i can cash in my chips but it's just like an authenticity that 
you can tell if somebody's coming at it from the wrong approach. Like just to be totally honest, like I met somebody yesterday here at this event within two seconds of even not even asking me like, what do I do? What am I about? He was like, I can help you because here. And I'm just like so turned off about this because even if this guy had like this mm. big audience or something, he was so presumptuous coming into this that he felt like he was in a place of authority to come in mm. and, and, and it wasn't, and maybe there was like a little bit of it. I was I don't think it's an insecurity speaking there. I think it was just like, you know, you've had people that may be like, you immediately start talking to them and they it's just, like, what do you want? <laughs> and I don't even think it's that it's almost like a, I feel like I, you feel like they feel like they're at such a level that they can just all oh, of a sudden yes, say like, I, I can you. connect you to these people and I can do this. And it's like, for me, even if there's maybe there's an authenticity and they're being actually nice in that situation. But for me, it's always comes off as like, I feel like I'm way higher than you and I'm looking because it it's doesn't patronizing. It, yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's a good word for it. So yeah. anyway, moving on to this. Right. Yeah. You know, um, so getting into uh, another constant theme is like, we have such limited time that it's like you're you're if you're doing this thing you're not going to have the freedom to do this thing and so now you've lose that block of time to apply to something else so you need to be somewhat intentional with how you spend your time and is it aligned to where you want to grow and i knew that this project was going to be a big hairy project that was exciting but the thing that made it possible was clarity and that's one thing I think that was a theme for me was constantly pulling things back to very specific tasks and very specific timelines who owns what and having a consistent communication hmm. loop yeah so let's let's get into the actual project that we just completed and what some of that looked like and because mm, sure. I think that's a really interesting part of it so kind of identified like how you came into the Winnebago ecosystem you were out traveling. You've been on the road for three years. I interviewed Kyle in an earlier podcast. If you want to hear the hour, 15 minute version of this story. But, uh, so you got connected, came to the, our summit, you met Don, you met Russ, you're living in the product. You start getting into the ecosystem. And a few months ago, I get a call from Don Cohen. He's the editor of Winnebago life. He's a consultant for Winnebago. He's been working with the company for a few years. And he says, Hey Heath, I've got this project. It's kind of a jumbled mess of clay right now. But I think there might be a, a way to insert you and Alyssa into this project and Kyle and maybe some other people. And I'm still kind of forming it. We're still kind of talking about it, but I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay, Don, like, uh, I've, Don and I have yeah. had a lot of these conversations. <laughs> like we have, you know, he's one of those guys that's like, you and I, like we always have ideas and it's yeah. like sometimes, you know, like you have so many of them and so many of them so few of them actually come to fruition. You're like, okay, whatever. Like, call me when there's a budget. You know, like, well, and I think coming into that, like, how many previous projects, even before we met Don Cohen, before we met Winnebago, where it's just like <laughs> you've got, you've, you've, you invested so much energy into it, and then it slips off the wall. You totally, know, like, and that happens all the time. And I think that's life, that's business, whatever. Yeah. But uh, for whatever reason, this project did not fall off the wayside, and Don <clears throat> kept pushing it and kind of kept defining it. And the gist of it was. Winnebago was coming out with new RVs, three of them. Two of them pretty darn revolutionary compared to anything that the industry has seen yeah. as a whole. And that's not an understatement. That's not Kyle and I doing marketing mumbo jumbo for them. They don't even... It's factual. It's, yeah, it's factual. <laughs> uh, and so, and I can give context because they yep. released yesterday. So one of them is a the first American manufactured 4x4 RV. Yep. Uh, so that's the Winnebago Revel. We took that out to Colorado a few weeks back. I may have mentioned that we were out in Colorado at some point. That's why. We were out filming cool videos in the mountains. I got high altitude statements, but we got some bad ass videos that were really cool and just a side note a couple people have kind of been like 
that's not the first American manufactured RV. That was the, what is it called? The uh, Earth Roamer in Denver. Yeah. Uh, but those are actually all custom built. They're not manufactured. So a slight difference here. And the other one is the Horizon, which is this diesel pusher that Alyssa walked in. She's like, I want this RV and I want it Palace tomorrow. Yeah, it's like a it's like a three to $400,000, I think, is the price tag on that thing. It's pretty expensive. But the inside, there's no like brown i don't think there's any brown on the interior modern super sleek very euro styling it's great you feel like you're walking into like this nice downtown condo the Mm. condo and the other one was a nice class gas a that was just at a much cheaper price point than anything winnebago has done for class a vehicles so yeah nice design so anyway the the idea the gist was that this whole project that we were working on was like how do we market these to the public and how do we push this out there in a way that hasn't really been done before because traditionally in the past Winnebago has just revealed these RVs to dealers and you know dealers buy them and then they go to the public and maybe there's marketing materials and some videos or photos and things like that but we wanted to do something different and Don had came had come to our RV entrepreneur summit he saw our live stream he's like this whole idea and concept could be applied and maybe we can take this and apply it to this next launch and we could do a lot of other things as well like get some really cool video assets we could work with some influencers in the space and so we kind of started like shaping this jumbled mess of clay into mm-hmm. this project which accumulated today in a launch where we reached literally over i think probably over a hundred thousand in our own blast on you know facebook instagram twitter and then you know it's also been featured in forbes and gear junkie and across, like russ and i did a quick google it's been in czech and france and germany and all these other places like internationally like the revel is making headlines and so by and and they sold a ton of rigs here already mm-hmm. so it's like by all metrics like this launch was a success and I'm not going to take credit for the years of work that the Winnebago guys have put into making these products. Like we literally came in at the tail end and made some cool assets that helped. But I think there's some things that we could kind of talk about within the launch and how to how we framed it up, garnered the assets, communicated and brought some hype and excitement around these products that hadn't necessarily been done before in this way and pushed them out to people in a consistent way. Because So let's kind of talk about like what that process looked like. Yeah, I think a big part of it and, you know, coming from my perspective as a storyteller, so much of that is how you humanize information, you know, how you take something that can be technical. I mean, we made a car video, but that car video, again, kind of back to the vehicle is just a vehicle to something greater and what it and it does for we're glorified used car salesmen no <laughs> I've, I've seriously said that actually here's a funny little side so apple does not far too far from the tree or fall too far from the tree apparently um so when i was born my my father was a cabinet maker for mobile homes and i think it was fleetwood but it was like mobile homes and my mom was a car salesman so now mm. i'm a car salesman for mobile homes <laughs> nice. like don't i try so hard to be different no so but yeah so you know at the end of the day yes helping sell a vehicle but what is that vehicle selling Mm. and so for me from the very beginning was where's the soul and how do we pull that to the surface and how do we show that and so you're thinking so if we're starting at the first part of a product launch so this product essentially has to have some deeper... If you're starting at the first part of building a product... <laughs> good point, good point, because the product launch starts when you're actually building the product, so you can't talk about the launch without the product. Yes. So as you're thinking about the you know, the early stages of the product that's being developed, what it, it, it's got to be... You have to be thinking about what this product is enabling. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, and you can even reverse even before that. It's like before you even get to the product, you're getting to the problem. You're getting mm. to like... And, what, and the problem in this scenario is kind of just like Russ 
was very in tuned with what people were saying. He was listening. Russ actually came to our RV Entrepreneur Summit, and you have this predisposition of people in big companies like this. Like That's before, right. Alyssa and I had any relationship with Winnebago. The majority of our conversations around the RV industry as a whole was ninety nine percent nine point nine percent negative. Whatever yep. it was like, they don't listen. Everything's brown, sleazy. It sucks, you know. Like it was, but Russ like came to our summit and he walked around with a notepad the entire time. And this is a guy well respected within the company and the industry. Super humbled. And um, everything was like, oh yeah, great feedback. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. And so like people that have modified their desks and workspaces and RVs, he's like climbing on there and taking a look. So I think at least fixing the, things he came into my van and like fixed same things. thing he we <laughs> like, we got to our summit uh we we had to leave town Alyssa's Mimi passed away and we came back and it was like the day before our summit or something like that and we couldn't get our RV because our handle broke so he brought it down from Iowa which was cool so anyway like he was starting at this project with the baseline of like listening and being and, and they had a concept vehicle they came out with so there was a piece of validation that came there so it's like I think those are important elements in any launch process was that there was listening so we so there was a knowledge like i can talk to other product launches i've done or seen in the past where it's like you go in a dark hole and you build something that you think people want and it's so tempting to do that because it's safe it's scary to go out there in the real world and actually show people and talk to them and it's uncomfortable and that's why few people do it but russ in this particular instance like he went out there and experienced people he went to these shows he listened he talked he lived it he bought a Travato, he bought a van he goes mm -hmm. and travels in it he built relationships with people like you who are living in his products and so to me it's like, and i'm kind of some of this i'm kind of just like realizing in real time as, as saying, we're talking yeah. about it but he's done such a good job of paying attention so it's like I think at the early stage of building any product, it's like if you're not actually going out talking and living and breathing it and, and being around the people, like you're 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 already making the mistake of not having a good product launch. So you've nailed two of the three important pieces of. Well, so say the other one and get out of here and go to. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, <laughs> of the the. I call it the momentum triangle. It's the three elements that if they're working harmoniously, you can move mountains. But most people, most organizations really lack in at least one of them. So on, on one of the tips you have consumption. This is input. This is listening. It's eating. It's tasting. It's like it's, it's any sort of input. There's creation and there's communication. So why these are important are because especially as a, a creative, somebody who just wants to get to making things and building cool shit, as you mm -hmm. said, you know, I can live in that world and I can, I can dream up my own worlds and I imagine the world around the things that I create, lock myself in my room and build it and put it out there and be like, uh, nobody cares, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so that's where you start to build a relationship between building and listening. How do you build just enough to where you can put it out to then listen and get like a, not even just listen, like, what do you think of this? Because then you're intellectualizing that information. You want to put something out and get a visceral reaction. Mm. Like, it has to be visceral. It has to come through people's stories. And so you need to be outside on the ground with the people seeing and interacting with it. I'm so intrigued to hear, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts around, like, how I built this and things like that and these early big companies. And one theme that I've noticed in all of them is, like, they're on the ground or in mm -hmm. the early days. Like, the guy who built, uh, not Uber, but Lyft, he was, like, going to college campuses and talking to people and, like, giving rides or all, all this stuff. Like, they're actually in the weeds all the time doing this kind of stuff. And so with Winnebago and this project, they, Russell's listening. They said, okay, we think there's something here. People want this 4 by 4 thing. 
and we're going to go and actually build a concept vehicle that mm-hmm. came out a year ago. And they, it didn't come out. They showed people a year ago, did a little video on it, and they got feedback, mm-hmm. and they went back. And so there was this period there's of like, iteration, there's, iteration a, there's this, this thing that's kind of flushed together, which is like, you know, going out there. Okay, I'm going to go back and work on it. Okay, here it is. What do you think? All right, let me go back. So there's like... And, it, and there's, a, there's a balance there, too, because... You don't want to be too driven by input. You want to also have a sense of imagination. You want to have a sense of like courage in that, you know. And I think that, you know, it sometimes that it takes looking around the corner a little bit in a way that people could not bring you to it. And so I, th- I think that that's where the artistic element comes into mm. it. And so, anyways, but the part that you really nailed is that there has to be that relationship between build and listen, build and listen. But the other piece that really has to come into play is the communication. This is the wind in the sails. This is when I am talking about something, I'm pushing it out into the world for you to consume it, to listen to it, to see it. And so that's where we came in is to really help figure out how to tell the story of the thing that they had been listening and building around. Right? So, yeah. So, and so what that kind of looked like for us was, uh, up until a certain point a few months ago, I didn't even know if this project was going to happen mm-hmm. with Winnebago. So it was one of those things that sounded a little too good to be true. I was like, mm-hmm. I get to work on RVs and help launch them and make cool videos for them, like, and go to Colorado and shoot stuff. And it sounded a little bit too good to be true. Totally. And so, and get paid uh, for it. <laughs> yeah, and get paid for it. And so I, we, I flew out to Four City. We all did, mm-hmm. and or you drove, I flew, and we went out there, and we you know we saw all started these meetings and. I immediately realized one, this is happening. happening. And we basically sat down to kind of hear what that vision was and kind of listen to Russ's story and, you know, the other product managers and how these things were going to be very different and what, what exactly that communication, that wind in the sails looked like and how we could take and form those ideas into something that would, could be broadcast out there. You know, that's a, so the way that I would then see that it was our job to also navigate uh and switch back and forth from listening right so rather than just like seeing the thing and going and tell the thing we need to go and listen what was underneath the thing you know that was Mm -hmm. where that was where chad and russ and all these guys got to come in and talk about what led up to where they're at and what their intention is what's their why and so once we started to understand that then we started to get to connect it to something that's where the narrative comes in, mm. you know, and so so we basically, yeah, that's that's interesting. So we so we go out there and hear all this vision, and then we kind of go off into our own little rabbit holes and start thinking about like, what yeah. is the story underlying story that tugs at us? Because part of this process that was really cool is that they brought in a lot of owners. I'm a brave owner. You're a Travado owner. Don's a Navion owner, and also Peter and Kathy Holcomb, who I've had on the podcast. I think back on episode thirteen. They live in a view. Mm-hmm. They live in a view. They travel with their daughter. And so it's like literally everybody on this project was an RVer Brooke and first. Buddy. Brooke and Buddy who are here as well doing live stream with stuff with us. Mm-hmm. And essentially like we're all just people living in the product. So like there was a certain extent where like we were talking about Silicon Valley and how they br- <laughs> if you've ever seen the show Silicon Valley side rant, they brought in actual tech founders to basically call BS. Oh, let me actually tell that. So, <laughs> okay, yeah, so yeah. there's a company that I was advising uh, through Techstars that they got their company bought from Google. And so they moved down to San Francisco from Seattle and their their roles now is they're authenticity experts. And so they sit like with the writers and they're on set to hang out and just make sure that it is 
authentic. <laughs> so in a way, Kyle and I and Don and the Holcombs and Brooke and Buddy were all sitting in the room very early on in this project talking about what do these materials look like? What do these videos look like? What do these photos look like? What is the overarching story that brings all this together? And why do people care? And how is it going to help sell products at the end of the day? And so basically we sat in and kind of served as a little bit of authenticity experts. And I, and the feedback that we got from both Winnebago and the agency they work with DKY, uh, they felt, I felt like that was really positive to be able to have us in the room. Not that we know everything about the industry, but we can just come in and say like, well, I know this resonates with me or it doesn't. There's no other time in Winnebago's history that we would be sitting here doing what we did. And that was all of the dominoes that had been set up by people like Don who'd like champion these things to create the space to allow us to come in and do what we did. What happened was unprecedented in how, you know, they didn't just bring in some people who were owners to be like, hey, we need some like good, you know, shots of you on screen saying these like great endorsements so that we could put in our marketing materials mm. for this launch. They gave us the keys to the launch. They gave us the keys to the vehicles. <laughs> literally the rebel. <laughs> literally for a week to go climb mountains, you know, but they they gave us autonomy. They trusted us. We're owners, we're community. And I think that's what brought a lot of the story down to a place that it resonates so well is because it's coming from us. Mm. You know, it's, we're telling ourselves the stories that we want to hear exactly. as the community. Mm. I love that. So we talked a lot about what actually goes into creating the really good product, which is the foundation for an amazing product launch, but like getting really granular and really tactical because product launches are big and hairy. And there's a lot of things that if you're not a logistical project oriented person can be really difficult. And this is where you came in and brought a lot of really good project management skills. So after we all went to Forest City and said, okay, this project's gonna happen. We have a few key themes. We're all gonna go back into our little rabbit holes and like come up with all these great ideas. You actually helped put a framework around this mm -hmm. whole project, which was, hey, look, we're all gonna work in Trello, which is, an is a really good project management tool. You can assign tasks out to different team members, assign them to projects and assign them to goals. You said, we're gonna meet and we're gonna do a sprint-based format, which a lot of tech companies use and just a lot of teams in general, which is every two weeks you get basically new big tasks. And then we had weekly check-in calls via Google Hangouts on Mondays and Wednesdays. And the format of those calls were check-ins. They were super brief. We'd jump on and we'd say, here's what I was working on. Here's what I'm going to be working on. And if I didn't get anything done, here are the roadblocks that are keeping me from past, you know, like success and the things I was supposed to get done or here are future roadblocks that I see coming. And so I think having that framework for this whole project was, was huge. And the other thing that I would say on top of that is that I've, Alyssa and I have done a lot of like video course launches for clients in the past and they say like I've, I've been wanting to do a course for a really long time and I think one thing that's like incredibly pivotal for any launch of anything is you have a deadline that is a deadline where there's some type of dollars incurred like mm -hmm. for us with courses that was always like you're paying us to come and shoot on these days we mm -hmm. booked our plane tickets you have to get all your crap done and for this we had a launch here in Elkhart for these dates we had shoot dates for Colorado you have to get all the scripts done you have to get all the edits done by a certain date you have to get all the marketing done so it's like if you don't have you have to construct pressure if you don't have those constraints mm -hmm. like you're working against yourself in every way and I think the constraints need to have 
a clear penalty. Like there needs to be dollars on the line. At least in my mm-hmm. experience, is like otherwise project launches like mm-hmm. they get pushed back. They don't work if there's nobody that's looking. If there's no dollar, because like to a certain extent, if you don't have an audience or if you don't have customers yet, it's easy to push back because you're like nobody cares. But if you're actually putting dollars on the line, I feel like that's a way to kind of help help navigate that in a way that makes sense. So let me just try to reframe what you said in terms of like this tool and this process. So I think ultimately the goal is clarity. The goal is accountability. That's a huge one. Um, and the goal is, um, I think those are the two main ones. There's just clarity and accountability, meaning, you know, we set up the structure where we, we took a very big project and we said, okay, let's let's strip it all the way down to like what's what's the most important thing that we need to focus on? Like what's the first milestone? You know, because I think we had three major milestones in this project, right? We had leading up to um, Colorado. Colorado. We had uh, leading up to here. Maybe there's two major milestones. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> feels like a lot. Yeah, more. leading but, up to Colorado, where we went and shot everything, so we had to get all the scripts done. We had to bring the video crew on. We had to get everyone up to speed, and then here where we actually. Launched I'm thinking the of the, sorry. Live. I'm thinking about the 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 launch tour that's coming up next. Mm. But um, so there there was three major milestones or two major milestones for most people, for most of us. But we broke them down to be like, what do we need to have done by this date? Let's not get caught up with any of this stuff that's happening in Elkhart because mm. there's a lot of stuff happening so there. We really didn't. Like plan. we didn't even think about Elkhart. We thought about it a little bit, but as far as the planning goes, we Maybe had you did, s- I didn't. we had so <laughs> we had so much stuff to get done before going to shoot in Colorado. We shot. I think we came out with how many ten films? Ten, ten short films. Ten like like you know they're not film film films, but they're they're short, they're highly produced pieces of content yeah. that are and these serve are, its own purpose. These are all available on YouTube if you go check out Winnebago's YouTube or Winnebago's Facebook. They're all on there. So you, you know, can but check them out. to get enough content for 10 pieces we had how many days together i think it was like a week or less than a week it was a little bit less than a week a little bit less than a week and so it took a lot of process and organization to get up to that point but it was just about creating uh breaking everything down into digestible chunks so for example like when we would check in two or three times a week we would we would learn very quickly who was not pulling their weight and we learned that. <laughs> we also learned, um, uh, well, first of all, the first couple weeks of, or the first week, I think, of transitioning, like, we're all a remote mm. team. That adds a whole other dynamic. And I it. will say that even though I'm a huge fan of obviously being remote, we both are, for a project of this size, it was so helpful to bring everybody together. To start it. Just for the kickoff. Yep. Just for those initial conversations, just for the faces. There's a deeper level of I know you, and yep. I haven't just seen you through a screen that happens. Yep. It it really helps when it comes time where people are moving very quickly and critiques are happening where you don't take things as personal. You know, because I find that if you're just interacting with the idea of a person, you're projecting all of it, you know. And so in, in that, you know, we sort of bring our own insecurities into that. And that's when on this side of the screen, like I can get really worked up and then that mm. then affects productivity. And then that's just, that's the end all mm. right. Like that, that kills teams. And so I totally agree that having that and then having that moment together where we were, when we were creating in Colorado for that week, you know, like we, we really bonded. And mm. so by the time we got here where everything was on the line, I've never worked as mm. with a part of a team that flowed so smoothly. 
So there's a, yeah, there's a huge element of everyone's kind of coming to this. And at the beginning of this project, there were so many of us sitting in a room. My, my gut instinct was there are too many cooks in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. Like we have too many people going to be doing the same exact jobs, but because for whatever reason it all clicked, everyone kind of naturally started taking their positions for this project. And it just, you know, we kind of all figured out, like, we all kind of knew where each, and I think there's a certain level of self-awareness that has to happen there because you're like, I know that, like, we did a Facebook launch, so naturally, like, I started thinking more about this Facebook launch. You live in a van, and you're, you know Russ, and you're all, you were really tapped into that community and, you know, the whole dirtbag theme and all that. So it's like you naturally started scripting out more of the Anthem video and taking more ownership of that. And we never even actually had that conversation. Like, you're going to do more of that. It's just one of those things where it's like, we both had enough self-awareness of ourselves and each other that we were just like, yeah, I'm going to start working on these things. So this goes to a really important point that if you're gonna, you know, what is it, the whole A blanket thing? It's like, you know, you're going to spend how much time sharpening the axe versus cutting the tree. Oh, yeah. And so in that Is that Abe Lincoln who said that? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? He chopped down a tree. <laughs> or was that George Washington? Uh, <laughs> maybe it was George Washington talking about how to effectively chop down a tree. Um, no, but in this circumstance is if you're going to invest time up front, like focus on the people. Who are you getting around the table? Because these processes only work as well as people's willingness to do them. But also, you want to get people around the table that you're not rolling your eyes when they talk. You don't. There's like mm. contempt can creep in, and you can find yourself not taking somebody seriously, and that can destroy. It's poison. That's it's poison. poison. So I found like what I experienced when we were working together was we just wanted to get out of each other's way. Mm. You know, and the more that we got out of each other's way, the autonomy, that trust people really rose to that and just owned it and it just like i i trust you to get this element done and you know there that went across the board yeah that's huge with everybody everybody yeah. involved no matter where they were touching so the interesting project. part is like how do you bring bringing those people together is one of those things that's like i don't know if i'd probably be pulling let's answers give out all of, that credit to dawn yeah I'd be, <laughs> i think i'd be pulling answers out of my butt if i felt like how do you create the perfect team i think there's a lot of luck that comes into that but also it's just like everybody here has a level of like we're person like the people here are personable in the sense that like you want to hang out with them that's part of it but also everyone has different skills yeah and those skills like they just execute in that position and we all knew going into this to a certain extent like we could bring those different skills to the table i think it's also so with trying like trying to identify those people some people are really good about identifying people mm. so find that person so that before was Don. you find exactly. so that was Don in this case so Don is kind of the player the coach leader yes. whatever who kind of was like you know this person could come here and he had a, all those conversations like independently and helped bring us together and also carried the weight with Winnebago and because he's done other projects for them that have been successful to bring us all in so going do you have another point that you want to make eventually yeah so I mean so going back to the you know the project so identifying the core need that needs to be met going through the cool creative process getting feedback and things like that assembling the team actually having the product so we're kind of nearing this like 80 to 90 percent tile of a project product launch journey that we've kind of went through here and we're kind of just jumping in for the tail end of it so we mm -hmm. gather these video assets in Colorado. We all go back to our different places across the country. Armosa starts editing, cutting all this together. And and this is kind of the part of the project launch where it's like, we're trying to figure out how do we push these videos out in a way 
that generates excitement that doesn't fall on deaf ears? How do we host this Facebook Live up here, generate excitement for that, get people to tune in? And there's, of course, the whole technical aspect where we're thinking about, is this internet going to have good Wi-Fi and all this other stuff? So it's like, I feel like this is the part of the process where a lot of people get hung up, where it's like, how do you actually create buzz and generate excitement leading up to a launch like this? Do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, we can talk about that. And I want to just uh, close this thought too, is when when you're getting involved in these projects, uh, one thing I did early on for me um, was, you know, I created this little quadrant, you know, I wrote across, so I now I have four boxes and those four boxes were, what am I good at that I know of? What am I not good at? What do I want to be better at? What do I not give a shit about? And in my previous projects, I found myself spending too much time in that doing things that I really didn't give a shit about or I wasn't good at. Mm. And so I started to find people to collaborate with to delegate those things because other people excel in those. And so that allowed me to slip back into like my zone, my superpower space and in the space where I want to put myself in that, that growth opportunity to like get better at. So I think that's a, that's good for early on in the project. So now we're at the tail end and you know, you, you kind of talked about like 80 to 90% all this stuff comes in and we kind of come in at the end most projects will be you put all of these time and all of the time and resources and you like go and you learn and you build the right thing for the right audience at the right time because timing plays a huge role in Mm. this so you build the right thing for the right audience at the right time you get up to launch it and it's like the ship is still sitting in the harbor yeah and that is because you need to have that mechanism to push it out into the Mm. world and so most people think of it as an afterthought you know it's like i'm just going to get up to there and it's like I'm going to reach out to these people that I've never talked to before, these bloggers and these press people, and it's like mm. people I don't have any relationship with and be like, I have this awesome thing for the world. And it's yeah. like, and no, everyone's like, why should I listen to you? Yeah, get in line. <laughs> you know, it's like everybody's coming through that funnel. And so, and people think about it in a very rudimentary way. It's like, I'm... You should listen to me because my product's better. And everyone's like, no, it's not. Yeah. Or even if it is, like, why should I listen why to Why should I listen? And, and and everybody's going through that same, like, okay, I'm going to email you, or I'm going to tweet you, or I'm going to... And it's like, people do the same thing, this this formula to it, and it doesn't go anywhere. And even if you get press, for example... Like, even if the product was so amazing, and that's the idea, of, I think, that maybe some people have. They're like, my product is so good, and demand is so high that people are just going to get in line and press they're going to jump on. And sometimes that is the case, but I feel like that is such a small super, small microcosm. Don't don't bank on that. And even if that even if your product is amazing and people are going to jump in line, like there's still ways that you can ensure that they do. And I yeah. feel like, you know, looking at companies like Apple, like they they know that their products are amazing and at this point, but you know, people will get in line literally for that, but they still generate excitement they still do all the steps to ensure that that happens outside of the product creation so what i like doing when i get up to a product launch is first put on paper all of the ways that you know like the traditional ways of getting stuff out but then i also like to take a step back and be like okay what how do people not doing it because at the end of the day i want you to be thinking about and talking about my thing when you're sitting around the dinner table how does that happen? Mm. You know, and then I then turn the lens around on me, like, well, what am I talking about at the dinner table? Why am I talking about that thing? How did it reach me? Mm. You know, so I I try to make it very personal to me or people that, you know, I'm not always my own customer. You know, luckily in this case I was, and so that really brought me into the trenches to have a lot of empathy. So with that, and I'll use um, 
I was trying to think of another one where I did a little more, something a little more gorilla because that's where mm. it starts to get really fun. Yeah, let's talk. Let's <laughs> let's. Get, I know you've done some crazy stuff for marketing. Let's keep it for. I mean, for yeah, this yeah, yeah, that's for fair. this one, we kind of define. There's varying success, success metrics for any project. Mm-hmm. Like one success metric was when we were looking at the video assets that we gathered of all of these RVs and basically. Hold on, once. Howdy. Closing up shop. Oh, we are. Okay, so, we'll finish this podcast. Okay. Oh, sorry oh. about that. Oh, no worries. Uh, can you give us like two minutes? Yeah. All right. All right, we'll take two. We're, all right, we're closing up shop. So <laughs> we have to get out of here soon. They're kicking, they're kicking us, us out, out of the, the building. <laughs> all right, so we defined our success for this project, which was ultimately at the end of the day, Winnebago wants to sell RVs, but ulti- but we're also using this as a transition point for to help push them in the thinking like a media company. So part of that, gathering amazing assets. Okay, that's one success metric. And then obviously there's the vanity metrics, like how many people tune in, how much attention did you grab, what kind of hype did you generate? And so basically like walking through the past, like, several weeks we've done a few different things to do that and again we got to kind of wrap it up here because we're mm-hmm. getting kicked out of the building but like at a real granular level i guess this is where we get really tactical there's a few different things we did here yep. one we started broadcasting out that we were going to host a facebook live this week start so, building momentum early the algorithms really play a huge role in this today exactly so over a month ago i created a facebook event for winnebago I uh, said, hey, we're going to be doing this live stream. I didn't even have all the details. I just said, schedule TBD. Yep. Um, I just wanted people to start thinking about that this was going to happen. And the most exciting people, the most excited people are going to jump in. And you start committing to something before you have it all figured out, which then pushes you to get it Exactly, because then you're, you're going to be embarrassed if it doesn't exactly. happen. So uh, I think looking now, we've got well over a thousand people that just subscribed to that event and you know started generating and having a conversation with these people. Uh, and there's a few other things we did. Uh, we created the war room. Mm-hmm. You can talk about the war room real quick. Yeah, so the, the idea of the war room is how do you turn people in your community, maybe it's just your friends and family, but how do you make them actionable when it comes time to launch? So I just created, in this one, I kind of stripped it down just to be like social media oriented. I sent out a series of emails that had just like, do this thing, do this thing, do this thing, and check this off. You know, And it's just a way to allow people to help you because people do want to help you but it's so hairy on like how, how do i, how, how so do I these, help you these are your mega fans these are people who actually you know that they're going to respond to a message that you send them and that they're hyper fans of the product already or the company or whatever yep. and so they're going to jump in and you just bring the, the inner bring circle buzz and yep. make sure that you launch this thing and there's immediately 50 shares or 50 comments or whatever and again vanity metrics this doesn't necessarily always lend itself but it's one of these enablers of other things happening that is going to enable success another part of this was identifying the right channels yeah. for the right audience so like there's a couple different channels of people that we kind of targeted companies like Gear Junkie, mm-hmm. uh, RV dealerships with big audiences was another one. There were some other like little niche audiences like DIY RV, like all these different avenues where people could potentially be interested in the product and why. And this is another thing where it's like, yes, you could just target and blast out. Mm-hmm. But fortunately, like there's so much groundwork that has been laid with relationships with these people in this space yep. that it wasn't as formal as like, I'm going to blast these people with a, you know, like a formal, you know, like, news PR like a PR release because like nobody reads that stuff it's like that's where it's like having developed long-term relationships with all these people again it's like it's not a sexy clear answer on how to hack all this it's like if you provide value to them that's how you build a relationship it's like because if everyone's trying to get something and have it be good for me it's like first of all find the people that you're just interested in what they write about because then that's natural for you and then engage in a conversation and through i mean how many people actually comment on articles these days very little so that's an easy show up three or four times that familiarity will start to generate a conversation 
and go where people aren't. Like people are getting blown up on Instagram right now. Like mm. influential bl- brand brands, Influ- influential Summer brands. Bland. <laughs> yeah, but if you go to websites, there's websites that have millions and millions of visitors that are only getting a couple comments, and I guarantee you those authors want to interact and build relationships with people. And comments are really, really meaningful. So go leave thoughtful comments now. and build relationships with these people, and don't wait until the product launch because that is. And again, it's almost coming back to like, if you just shoot a press release, maybe your product is so amazing that they Mm. want to write about it, but chances are they don't care because so many other people are blasting them, especially in an industry like this. Everybody else is releasing RVs this week too. So having those low hanging fruit relationships where you know you can blast out and push articles on influential sites is the best way to have, you know, like for sure eyeballs. And it's the law of reciprocity, you know, it's That's like, like yeah. give, give people nine things. You know what? I came across this on the internet. I thought you might be interested in this, given that you write about these things, give these gifts. And eventually totally. it's like, Oh, and by the way, I'm doing this thing, you know? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So ultimately that's all led us here to today, recording this podcast, the back of this warehouse that we're currently getting kicked out of. <laughs> and the past couple of days we have broadcasted all of this out on Facebook live. Uh, Winnebago has sold a bunch of RVs. We actually have been told specifically that people have called dealerships mm-hmm. on at least a couple different occasions that we know of already and bought RVs specifically from watching on Facebook, which is ultimately the end metric of success. So yep. we have all the vanity metrics. Tens and tens of thousands of people have tuned in and watched. We have vanity metrics. We have conversation metrics, which that converts to actual feedback. Like we got through the conversations, that can be distilled and actually affect product. So that's another form of value. Absolutely. Another success metric there is that. And then all these these assets created for the client, i.e. Winnebago, is media assets that can be used over time. So a lot of different things that have come out of this project. And I thought it'd be cool to sit down, have a conversation as kind of a wrap. We're still scratching the surface. We're still kind of scratching the surface on this, but I thought it'd be cool to kind of show the behind the scenes of, you know, what goes into a Winnebago product launch. And again, because I think... Speaking of behind the scenes, uh, you have until October 3rd to put out the behind the scenes... uh, video for what it looked like yeah. up in Buena Vista. I do. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I need to get that done. I've, I've done the rough edit on that. So expected October 3rd. Yeah. This is some pressure. This is another, my last <laughs> deliverable from this project. So peer pressure me to get this out. Shoot me, a, shoot me a message or something. So thanks again, man. This project has been a blast and it was cool to be able to share that. Where can people connect with you at? Uh, hit me up on Instagram. That's where all of my storytelling goes. And I love the private messages and DMS, especially if I'm crossing paths through your uh, through your cities so uh, it's just at Kyle Kesterson and if you're listening to this what month is it what day like today yeah do you know the date it's like September 19th or something September something so if you listen to this around like September 19th or 20th Kyle is actually next week going to be in Nashville on a van life meetup tour so if you're in the Nashville area Want to go check out the new 4x4 Rebel Yeah, the house. third milestone is taking yeah. <laughs> two of these things out for a week-long adventure, putting these things out into the world, creating a bunch more storytelling and content. And we're doing a van life rally in Nashville on the 23rd and another one in Asheville, uh, I believe that following Friday. Awesome. So connect, connect with Kyle on his Instagram and Winnebago's Instagram, and you can meet up with him on the road. All right. Thanks, man. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, head on over to our website at heathandalyssa.com and click on podcast. Thanks again to Outdoorsy for sponsoring today's show. If you guys haven't already done so, would love to hear a review from you guys in iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Hope you'll have an amazing day and I'll see y'all next time on the RV Entrepreneur Podcast. Podcast.